The American Royal is the nation's highest caliber livestock show, providing a premier experience for exhibitors. Rooted in their legacy, which began in 1899, they're committed to providing a platform for competition, scholarships, and education. A Kansas City tradition, the American Royal is focused on creating an environment where all feel welcome, where agriculture is elevated, and champions are crowned. The American Royal is currently celebrating its 123rd year and looking forward to hosting exhibitors from October 6th to 23rd, right in Kansas City, Missouri. If you're interested in showing, be sure to check out their website for more information regarding entry information and deadlines. www.americanroyal.com That's www.americanroyal.com Or follow the link in the show notes. Entries are due September 10th. Spotlight, and this is the 4-H Takeover. I'm Hannah Guthrell, the Vice President of Hog Wild and Steer Crazy 4-H Club in Lee County, Florida. And hi, I'm Whitney Taylor. I'm the President of Hog Wild and Steer Crazy 4-H Club straight out of Lee County, Florida. Today we're on the podcast, we're talking about the future careers in egg for the youth of North America. To show that there are so many job opportunities in the ag industry and it's not just a dead-end road where you go from showing and doing all that to an office job unless it's in the ag industry. So yeah we're interviewing a bunch of people at the World Dairy Expo and it's first-hand accounts on you know how the egg industry goes in a bunch of different people. I hope you guys enjoy and learn a lot. Hi, my name is Whitney Taylor, and I'm from North American Ag, and I'm here with Miranda from Priority IAC, and I'm just going to ask you a couple questions, if that's okay with you. What is your job in the industry? Um, I am a microbiology dairy nutritionist, so I work with producers all over the country. Um, even in other countries, I work, um, do dairy nutrition. Awesome. So another question, what education did you need for that job? Um, well, I did go to a technical college for two years, but with microbiology nutrition, that is not being taught anywhere else. So I was self-taught at um, Priority IAC. Um, so starting from when you were young, tell me your like story in the ag industry. Where did it all start? Um, well, I do not live on a dairy farm, but I started out going to our neighbor's farm. My brother worked there, and... I got liking cows. I started showing cows when I was four. I started working at a dairy farm when I was 14. Um, I worked there until I was like 20. And then my coworker who worked at the farm with me, um, she was she works at Priority. And we kind of got talking. And Richard Brunig, the um, founder, president of the company, he um, pursued me and I went in there for kind of a job shadow, and I walked in there with an internship, and now I'm full-time there. Do you plan on going any further, or do you plan on staying in the position you have in the ag industry at the moment? Um, At the moment, I plan on staying uh, where I am, but I'm kind of keeping my options open because, you know, the egg industry, I never thought I would be a nutritionist. It's You never know with the egg industry. There's so much out there, and I always like to continue my learning. What can you tell us about Priority IAC? 
Um, there's a lot of things about priority, um, especially with microbiology. Like I said, that is taught nowhere, nowhere else um, at, with, uh, at school. They teach, you know, what the industry does, and there it's all with microbiology, good bacteria. Um, it's very unique. Um, I love my job because I get to educate producers on all the stuff about microbiology, so there's just a lot of different and cool things about it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for telling us about your job. Hi, I'm Hannah with North American Egg, and I'm here with Calvin Sipes from Egg Direct, and I'm going to be asking him a few questions about what he does in the agricultural history. So how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. A little chilly this morning. So um, my first question would be, how did you end up in Egg Direct, and why, did you, why do you do it? Why do I do it? That's a great question. Uh, I wound up with Ag Direct. I was actually uh, uh, working in uh, another company with Farm Credit System, and Ag Direct was offered to the Farm Credit System as a uh, alternative to the loan officers having to take care of equipment finance requests individually. And it became cumbersome because some of these equipment requests crossed their borderlines. So one of the reasons that AgDirect came about was the fact that AgDirect does not have boundaries that they have to worry about within the United States, whereas some of the farm credit systems, they have to abide by their boundaries. And uh, if they get outside those boundaries, it gets a little uh, cumbersome in the fact that they have to ask for concurrence or permission from other farm credits to do the financing. And so I worked with the old Badgerland farm credit system here in uh, southern Wisconsin, and uh, AgDirect was offered to them, and I got a position with them. And I cover the whole state of Wisconsin and the UP of Michigan. And I finance farm equipment and uh, center pivots and that type of irrigation equipment as well. That's really cool. So uh, another question I have is what is your, what is like the biggest challenge in your field? Like what is something that you wake up and you're like, oh man, I have to do that today, Really? Well, that's kind of what's nice about this job is you really don't have that. You, you really do get up and want to go to work and get your job done. There's not a lot of uh, things that make you not like your job. It is a very good job, and the fact that what you do is different every day. There's always something that's different, always a new challenge, always a curveball it seems like that's thrown at you and so it makes you think it makes you work and try to find a solution so it's not a, a dreary paperwork driven job where you just push buttons or computer uh, keyboards or things like that you literally have to think because customers have different types of operations they have different needs they have different uh, uh, issues that they deal with and they're looking for solutions and it's our job to find those solutions for the dealership customers well that's really cool so um, 
One of the last questions I have is what kind of schooling do you need for anybody that's watching that wants to, you know, work in agriculture financing? Like, where did you go to school? How was it? How long did you go? Well, I took a long time to get through school, I have to admit, uh, because I am not a book-learning type of person. I'm more of a field person who learns by doing. And so uh, I got my degree from Edgewood College here in Madison, Wisconsin. And so the job does require that you have a uh, bachelor's degree they, they want that. So it took me a long time to get that just because I had other interests. I did other things. And I took a long time to go through college. So most of my college was done at night and on weekends. I eventually got through, however. And then what happened was as soon as that uh, degree uh, was presented to me, all sorts of new opportunities took off. And uh, basically, uh, I am where I'm at because uh, of that college degree. Yeah, so I guess one last thing I'll ask you to do is just give some inspiring, whatever you got, could be four words, to all the kids in agriculture watching, and tell them why it would be a good idea to follow a path to agriculture. Well, first of all, agriculture is a very important segment of society, be it in the United States or around the world. And as the world shrinks, as everything becomes more integrated, agriculture becomes very important. We need food in the world. As you can see by the current conflicts around the world, because of those conflicts, food is becoming scarce in some parts of the world. So the fact that you can get a degree in agriculture and whatever your pursuit is, if it's finance like my pursuit, or if it's horticulture or uh, agronomy, whatever it is, it's important to know that you're contributing to feeding the world. So I guess that's the basic uh, uh, thing I want to say is that you are helping feed the world, and that's very important. Yeah, well, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Calvin. And uh, I hope you guys have a great day. This is North American Egg. Hi, I'm Whitney Taylor, and I'm here with North American Ag. I'm also here with Josh from Oxbow, and I'm going to be asking him a couple questions about his business. So, Josh, can you tell us what your business is and a little bit about it? Sure. So, our business is a international machinery harvesting equipment company, and pretty much we specialize in anything niche agriculture. So, everything from grapes and berries to uh, sweet corn, seed corn, green beans, and I actually represent our hay merger division for the Western United States. What is the hay merger division? So we actually manufacture um, a variety of sizes of hay equipment, uh, hay mergers that put the crops that feed dairy cattle, puts a crop together to be harvested. Um, we make, uh, we've been making these for over 20 years, and it's been a really successful product for us. That's awesome. Can you tell me your like from day one, where did it all start in the ag industry for you? Well, I grew up on a dairy farm in Connecticut, believe it or not. So here I am out in Wisconsin now, a long time later. Um, went to a very uh, prestigious ag high school in, called Nanawag High School in Connecticut. And then I ended up going to State University of New York in Cobleskill, New York. 
and I went for a two-year in ag diesel machinery and ended up staying for a four-year in ag engineering. So uh, I interned with this company right out of school, and 13 years later, here I am. So down to the specifics. For everybody that would want your job in the future, can you tell us the exact education you got for this job? Well, I mean, you want to start, you want to have that farm background really helps when I look to hire somebody. So that, that work ethic, that go-getter attitude, you guys obviously have it doing this type of deal. Um, but as far as schooling goes, um, we do like, you know, a high school diploma, obviously, but um, for the engineering background and the mechanical background of things, uh, a college degree definitely helps in uh, ag engineering to get into the machinery side of things. That's really interesting. Can you tell us what your favorite things are about your job, your business, your lifestyle, basically, in the ag industry? Yeah, the, the people are the best. I mean, the Midwest is a great place to live. I, I ended up staying out here for a reason, obviously. Um, but I actually covered, you know, the whole western U.S. When I was doing service, I had the eastern U.S. Um, just the environment of the, of the ag industry and, and the people seems to be getting smaller every year. The, the You always say it's a small world, but the ag industry seems to be getting smaller, and the, the people and the relationships you make are great. So, Yeah, I definitely understand that part of it. Definitely shrinking a lot. Did you have any, like, FFA or 4-H when you were growing up? Did you ever show dairy cattle? No, definitely never showed dairy cattle. I was more into the machinery side of things. And growing up on a dairy farm, I got tired of milking cows, to be honest, and that's how I got into machinery. So, uh, yeah, I I was in FFA as well through high school. Is there absolutely anything else you want to tell us about your position or anything like that? Um... I mean, it's it's a great position. I love selling equipment to uh, to successful farmers. It's nice to see us assist in their success. Um, no, I would say it's a great career. I have no complaints. Anything inspiring you would like to tell us? Inspiring, um, big, big no, yeah, uh, inspiring. No, I mean. It's just that, uh, you know, the workforce is it's getting harder and harder to come by good help. So keep uh, keep going after your dreams and, and uh, have that, you know, positivity to, to stay in the workforce and, and keep contributing to ag. Thank you, Josh. And are you having a good time at the World Dairy Expo? Is your business doing well? Yeah, this show's great. It's, it's a long week, but we get through it. And, you know, um, it's good to see everybody. A lot of familiar faces here from all over the world. And uh, so it's nice to connect. Definitely seems like everybody that works here makes some friends from all over the place, which is pretty cool. Thank you so much for helping out and helping with our 4-H project. And I hope you have a great last day at World Dairy Expo. Thank you. Hi, I'm Hannah Guthrell from North American Egg, and today I'm talking about the careers in agriculture. Today I have uh, Andy Cajun Junkin with me, and he works at Stubborn Dot Farms. So, how's it going? Awesome. How are you? I heard you were in a hurricane the other day. Yep. Yeah, I was. It was It was definitely an experience, but, you know, it's we got out alive, so it's okay. <laughs> so, I'll be asking Andy a bunch of uh, questions, or about three questions, on his career in agriculture and what he does. Okay. So, you ready to start? Sure. All right. So, my first question is, how did you end up doing what you do? Like... What made you inspired to do what you do? 
Well, 25 years ago, I would have said what I do for a living is a BS. Um, simply put, anything related to human resources and agriculture, I thought was a load of BS. Um, they made us take a couple courses on this at university. And it wasn't until I came home to farm with my dad. Um, um, the day I left for college, my mother, she showed me the farm financials. And she said to me, if you don't fix these numbers, I'm going to leave your father. So I actually went to, to University of Guelph in Ontario, yeah. uh, which is where you're from as well. Yeah. Um, I went to the motherland of Guelph um, to save the family farm. I didn't get go to get a piece of paper. I went to, to save the family farm. And I thought the key to that was to sitting on the sixth floor of the university library and learn about production, about how to, how to improve the profitability of the business. And so I um, sat down with my professor and wrote a 200-page business plan when I went with him at university and uh, came home to farm. And my dad, he looked at the business plan and he threw it straight in the fire. And then the year I came home, he actually plowed down my crops because my uncle made the comment that my crops look better than his. So I realized the hard way that knowledge and skills are, are pretty much useless unless you can get everyone on the family farm working better together. And so that's, you know, 25 years ago, I would have said what I do for a living is such BS, but I've been through a lot of BS myself. And, um, and, um, and uh, when I was 35, um, made it had a turning point where I said, okay, I'm going to turn this from a bad thing that happened in my family to turning it into a good thing for other farm families. And so I created a whole niche industry that really never existed before. And um, hopefully it's going to help a lot of folks across North America. I know it's helped hundreds uh, over the last couple of years. So, yeah. So you said that you didn't know what you did. Like, how would you define it now? Like 25 years ago, you well, didn't know? Well, essentially what I do is I help stubborn farmers work better together. Okay, that's my niche. Is what, that's why we call it stubborn.farm is we help stubborn farmers work better together. Basically, I get farm families from button heads and pulling the farm in different directions to getting everybody on the same page and pulling the same direction. And what my focus is on is is really just two things, is, is getting farm families to stop being stubborn with each other. And... For everybody to stop, uh, start being stubborn at turning their bad habits into good habits. And then the side effect of all this is that if you can get a family that's, so there's 77% of farms do not have a succession plan. And that's because everybody's had a succession planner come onto their farm. My family had a succession planner come on their farm. That guy was there for 20 minutes before it turned into a huge family fight. And that's because if you have a bunch of stubborn people sitting around the kitchen table that can't make simple little improvements, like their dad plowing down their crops, right, or making simple little improvements to production here and there, um, you can't talk about 10% improvements here and there. You can't talk about where the farm's going to be in 10 years' time. So what I do in my niche is I get farm families to stop being stubborn with each other and do that over two years. And then we can sit down and we can have the discussion about Where's the farm going to be in 25 years' time? Yeah. And that includes succession planning. That includes expansion plans. Yeah. And and uh, so what I do is I get farm families to stop being stubborn with each other and uh, start listening to each other. Yeah. That's so, awesome. yeah, it's a niche business. Yeah. That's awesome. 
So the second question I had planned was, what's the biggest challenge you face in your field? So I can only imagine that there are more than a few. So what's the biggest one? Um, well, initially it wasn't believing in myself. Because when I started doing what I do, everybody thought that was crazy that you would actually want to have a niche business and help the stubborn people work better together. Um, so I think the biggest challenge overall that I could give to anybody that's getting into agriculture is is to believe in yourself. And, to, and really the whole process has been a real challenge in, in knowing thyself and not listening to folks that say it can't be done. Obviously, you have to have a realistic vision, right? It has to be grounded in some sort of reality, but there's also a leap of faith. And I think what's really important is that you have to really get grounded as to what you really want out of life and then do whatever it takes to make that happen and and get a realistic plan on how that's going to do and, more importantly, execute and so that's been the biggest challenge. Obviously, day-to-day dealing with stubborn farm families is, is a tough challenge. Yeah. Um, but it's a matter of uh, being just like riding horses. Um, you know, you get better at bucking out horses more and more times you get up back on that horse. Yeah. So that's that's what I've, been, I've gotten decent at. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was really, really well said. I like the horses tie-in. That was, you know... Hit my heart a little bit there. <laughs> but, okay, so the last question I have for you is, what kind of schooling did you do? And, like, where did you go? I know you already covered it a little bit, but if you go a little bit more in depth of what classes you took or, you know, whatever you... Well, I came really from the school of hard knocks for what I do because um, I went to University of Guelph. I took a diploma in farm management, and then I did an agriculture business degree. Um, so the, the issue that I had was that I really felt I needed a master's or PhD to do what I do. And, um, when I decided to, to really specialize in this niche and, um, to be frank, I was flat broke. I, um, got into a situation where you save family farms. That's a very quick way to go broke. Right. So I had a startup business. I had uh, started helping folks out, and um, I, what I did was I had a part-time job. I actually had a country bar in, in Guelph called Raging Cajuns. It was actually named as a country bar for country people, and we, I managed that on weekends. And, um, and so I did that for three years, and then on, on, during the week, I spent 60 hours in the University of Guelph library. I didn't pay tuition. And I basically did a self-taught master's. And uh, I'd like to thank the University of Guelph for the use of their library facilities. But unfortunately, I didn't walk away with a piece of paper. Um, I've been offered a few uh, jobs at colleges, actually universities, to teach my niche because of my expertise. But I think the biggest, the biggest thing is, is that because there's never been anybody in my field, um, I had to create my own field. And I think with... Um, there was a period of time I really felt um, felt I couldn't afford to go to university, and that that for me was a um, 
I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself because of that. But but what I've come to learn over the years is I've had a daily goal of reading 75 pages a day. So every morning I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I don't leave the bathtub until I've read my 75 pages in the morning and go have breakfast. And I have come to realize over time, and, and I also spend a lot of time you know, with YouTube, you can get access to any university education in the world. You can act, I mean, you don't need to go to university as... I don't, I'm not discouraging anybody from going to university, but the question's got to be, instead of you being taught by somebody else, can you have the discipline to teach yourself? And so I would really advocate that if you have a, a vision for a niche field that doesn't exist, don't feel that you have to go get certified. Teach yourself. And to have that internal drive to be disciplined, to always continuously improve yourself every day. I think that's the biggest advocate I can I can give to anybody else. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I think the last thing that I'm going to ask is, yeah. can you just say some, you know, inspiring things for kids my age yeah. to, you know, get into the agriculture field? Because I know it's a tough job, and sometimes they don't feel like they can do it. So just quick four words. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Um. Well, I always say this to young farmers, usually one-on-one, but there's always a point in time when you're 21, 22, and you're just coming back to the farm. Yeah. I get a young farmer to pull out a jackknife, mm -hmm. and then I ask him to cut his left finger off. And sometimes, it's, if it's a, it's a male, I ask him, to, what would you cut your left testicle off for? <laughs> and the question has got to be at hand is... It's only when you drill it down to the essential of life, what you really want to accomplish. Like there's a lot of farmers here at this farm show that they have actually, you'll see that they've missed, they're missing fingers. Yeah. And they're happy. I know a, a friend who lost his leg and he's seen that as a minor detail because he's so passionate about farming. Yeah. And so the question's got to be in your life, what are you willing to, to sacrifice an appendage for? in order to accomplish. Yeah. And if you're willing to, if you love farming so much that you're willing to give your little pinky for it, then you're in the right career. Yeah. But if you're in, if you're in, if you're in agriculture, if you're working on the family farm, just because it's an easy place to go because you don't know what to do with your life, you're, you're in the wrong spot. And there's a lot of farm. There's a lot of sons and daughters that are in the 30s and 40s and 50s that have spent 30 years of their lives that they've come home to the family farm because it was expected of them. Their dad had the dream of it, but they really didn't have the passion for farming as much as their parents did. And they're living their parents' dreams. And there's nothing. the The definition of hell is living somebody else's dream. So my biggest challenge to any any anybody in 4-H that's coming home. Uh, considering going home to the farm is what what is worth dying for what would you be willing to at least give an appendage for and so in that concept you know when you start sorting through like what's really important for your career don't go for the job that's pays a lot of money what would you what i mean some jobs that you can get offered in agriculture you might you might be offered a job to be a banker 
right? And that might be paying you three times as much money as what the farm's going to pay for you. The question's got to be, how would you feel about that? Would you feel satisfied in that job? Or would you be more satisfied working at home on the farm? And when you, when you get in the asset test as to what you're willing to give an appendage for, you will, um, you will quickly define for yourself what you really want out of life and you'll find true happiness. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, that was amazing. Hi, I'm Winnie Taylor, and I'm here with North American Ag Spotlight, and I'm here with Tim from Shear, and I'm going to be asking him a couple questions about his role in the industry. So, Tim, what are you, and what do you do, and who are you? So, Tim Ottenbacher is my name. I work for uh, Shear, Inc. out of T, South Dakota, and I'm the national sales manager, and I take care of all the sales for uh, North America. We work with Kloss, Crone, and New Holland here in North America. That's awesome. So, did you need any, like, college or anything like that, any, like, formal education for your role in the industry? Uh, no, actually, I, I didn't. I have a two-year degree in uh, in a trade school, but that has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. Um, I didn't know I wanted to be in sales, but I am now and have been doing that for about 20 years. So, uh, growing up on a farm in a rural area and... Uh, that's been some of my training and on-the-job training. That is awesome. So from day one, like, when it all started, what's your, like, story in the agricultural industry? I don't have much of a story, but uh, other than growing up in a small town, working on a farm from the age of about 14 and working through college and working with uh, crop farmers and cattle farmers and... Uh, that's uh, about it. That's awesome. So what is it like being, you said you're a salesman basically, so like what's that like? What is that, like what's the description of that job? Well, it's glorious being a salesman because you get all the glory, but you really don't. Uh, I basically take care of all the dealers in North America uh, for our products and a lot of that is training the dealers and the salesmen on your products so that they get buy-in and make sure that uh, we can teach them the return on investment and why our products will uh, be beneficial for the customers and uh, help the dealerships sell more equipment. That's awesome. So what could you tell anybody that aspires to have your job in the future? <laughs> Go to school. No, no. Um, I don't know. Just if you like agriculture and you like sales and um, go, go learn, go learn on a dairy farm or a cattle farm and um, find something you like. And um, you just got to love your job. And if you don't like what you're doing, find a job you love. That's, that's the biggest thing. Any other words of wisdom and something inspiring to tell the 4-H'ers that will be watching this? Um, stay in school. Um, I don't know. Find something you love to do, really, and then you don't really have to work a day in your life. It's kind of cliche, but that is the very, very true. Um, work hard, because hard work always pays off no matter what, so... Okay, thank you, Tim, for all your information. 
And um, how has the World Dairy Expo been for you this year? World Dairy Expo has been okay. It's not tremendous, but uh, we don't. We're here more for support than we are to come and sell things. So we get to interact with a lot of our customers and uh, some dealers and a lot of end users, dairymen, um, which is what this is for. So we get to talk to a lot of people we normally don't get to talk to. And uh, um, it's nice to hear feedback from them and uh, make sure our product's working in the field. So you said you covered North America. Have you, like... How many states have you been to? Have you been out of the country? Like, tell us about your experience and, like, being a traveler and like that. Yeah, so I've been in this job for about six years, and I've been to 48 of the states and, I think, nine different countries. Um, so, yeah, it's been a little bit of travel. Um, but, yeah, I've been traveling the country for close to 20 years already. So, but we've been about everywhere. I think me and whoever's going to be watching this wants to know, what are those two states that you haven't been to? Hawaii and Alaska. Oh, come but on. they're coming soon. So you've been everywhere on the mainland then? Yes. Okay, Tim, thank you very much for all the information. And, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Hannah from North American Egg, and I'm here with Taylor Weisenzell from Egg Bag by RCI. That's what it is. And today I'm going to be asking him questions about the careers in agriculture and how he got to where he is. So the first question I'm going to ask you is, what kind of education do you need to be able to be a salesperson for Egg Bag? Well, for Egg Bag, usually everyone's been at least has at least their bachelor's degree in agriculture. And uh, like myself, I attended the University of Wisconsin-Platteville right here in Wisconsin. So that's where I started my career. And then I've had a couple other jobs, but I've been with AgBag now for over 23 years. That's really cool. So what kind of challenges do you face in the AgBag industry? Well, the AgBag industry. Well, our biggest um, challenges that we deal with right now, it's just... On the manufacturing of machines, there's supply issues like everyone has, and it's just the cost of everything. I mean, plastic, resins for the bags themselves keep consistently going up, so it's trying to just manage our cost to make sure that we can still provide a product that um, affordable to our you know customers, which are more more or less dairy farmers, most of them. So, so anybody that's probably watching right now is like, what the heck is an egg bag? So, what is an egg bag? Egg bag is a feed storage system. So we'll take chopped haylage, corn silage, and we'll use our machine, uh, a silage bagger, where it will, well, basically it's like a sausage stuffer. And so we'll use that as a uh, storage system compared to your silo or your pile of feed. So what about travel? Have you traveled far or how, how far has this taken you? How many of the 52, 50 states? I think it's 50 states. Have you gone to? Well, in the states, I go where the dairy cattle are. So out east, you're in Pennsylvania, New York, Maine, been to Quebec, Ontario and Canada, um, out west, California, Idaho, Texas, and Wisconsin and Minnesota. I mean, but I've also gone internationally. I've been to Japan. I've been to uh, South Africa. So. So... What kind of inspiring words do you have to say to your youth? Even if it's just four words, 
What's what's the most inspiring thing that you could say to all the kids in agriculture? Stay committed and just hard work. Just take it in and go. Yeah, well, that's awesome. This is Taylor. I'm Hannah, and this is North American Ag. Hi, my name is Whitney Taylor, and I'm here with North American Ag at the 2022 World Dairy Expo, and I'm here with Gary from Stewart's Labs, and I'm just going to be asking him some questions. So, what is your job in the industry? We manufacture and market uh, animal health products, primarily for dairy cattle. Uh, We also have some human health products that are offshoots of those animal products. That's awesome. What education did it take for you to get that position? I had a a Bachelor of Science in Animal Science from the University of Minnesota. That's awesome. And then do you plan on going any further, or do you plan on staying in the same position in the agricultural industry? Probably stay in the same position, but we want to continue to grow. Uh, We want to build our market in the U.S., and we want to expand it internationally. Okay, so now more about you. Can you tell me your story in agricultural from day one? I started out as a boy milking cows, um, and then we had uh, I had a small consulting business and uh, came across the formula for udder ointment and started making that. The first batches we made in an apartment c- kitchen in southern Minnesota. Um, and then just slowly branched out from there, uh, developing that product and adding new products. Okay, so what does your product do then? Tell us, like, what's your number one seller? Our number one seller is called Teat Heal uh, for dairy cows. It uh, It's an antiseptic lotion that stimulates healing and also controls infections on teats. Uh, Biggest advantage is that it gives rapid healing on teat injuries. That's awesome. Is there anything else you can tell us? Uh, Well, as as farm people know, if something works in the barn, it ends up in the house. So from that, we ended up making wound creams for people, product for joint and muscle pain, which is primarily for people and those types of things. Okay, Gary, thank you so much for answering our questions. And I personally think that's an amazing business. And I'm going to have to get my hands on some of that. Thank you. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Hannah with North American Egg. And I'm here with Michelle McNamara. McNamara, sorry, uh, from Utter Comfort. So I'm going to be asking you a few questions about what you do in the egg industry. and, and yeah. So my first question is, what kind of education did you need to get to be where you are today? So I went to University of River Falls, um, and I got a dairy science degree with a management background. Um, and then I've been in the dairy industry my whole life. So I have my bachelor's in that. And then I started with Utter Comfort in 2015. That's really cool. So uh, with your job, how far has it taken you, like geographically wise? So I have gone, so I travel Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, and then I kind of cover all the Midwest. So I go to Iowa, Illinois once in a while. My farthest is um, I've gone to Nashville and then also Pennsylvania for like the Dairy Girl Network. So so that's been exciting. Yeah. 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 So um, what 
what kind of inspiring message do you have to the kids in agriculture? Like, what would you say if they wanted to be, like, an employee to utter comfort? Like, what would you say to get them there? So just getting out and doing, you know, making those connections is huge. Um, you know, connections are huge. I mean, they get you everywhere. You know, you can go and do all kinds of stuff, but until you make connections, you might not go anywhere. So just sitting at home isn't going to do you anything. Yeah. So I think about the last question I'll ask you is what's the hardest part of your job? Like, like mentally, the hardest part. Mentally, the hardest part would probably be you know, just constantly making new connections because it can be hard to do at times, you know, especially sometimes, you know, being a woman in egg can be difficult, you know, because sometimes they want to talk to the man. But, you know, you just have to get through that. And, you know, me personally, what's helped me is so I have a 60 cow dairy at home. So I've used utter comfort my whole my whole time. So um, even before I worked with Utter Comfort, so giving personal experience has been huge to me. So then I feel like, you know, you can connect with the consumer, you know, you can connect with your clients better. And that just is a huge thing. Well, thank you so much. It was so awesome to speak with you. We actually use Utter Comfort all the time. So yeah, we did. All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to um, North American Egg Spotlight 4-H Takeover. And make sure you remember that we are the future of agriculture. Thanks so much for listening to today's Egg Spotlight episode, where we put the spotlight on people and companies doing great things for the agricultural industry. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star review. You can also follow us on YouTube and Rumble to see the video version of Ag Spotlight. Also, head on over to NorthAmericanAg.com to subscribe to our Industry Connect update newsletter. If you're interested in advertising opportunities, email us at connect at NorthAmericanAg.com. Thanks for listening. newest podcast by North American Ag is called What Color Is Your Tractor? The stories behind the ag brands you love and the ag brands you love to hate. Hosted by me, Chrissy Wozniak. We take a deep dive into the companies that have built modern agriculture. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Go to whatcolorisyourtractor.com. Available on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Fastline Auctions, the ultimate destination for online farm equipment auctions. Looking to list equipment? Fastline Auctions knows farmers, and farmers have trusted Fastline for their equipment needs for over 45 years. With unmatched digital reach and direct-to-farmer catalogs, they can find the right buyer for your equipment. Not to mention, they have the industry's lowest commission rates. And if you're looking for equipment to buy, you can bid with confidence. No buyer premiums, no reserves, just integrity. Fastline Auctions, your trusted platform for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit Fastline.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the Fastline Auctions platform July 13th at 6.30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to NorthAmericanAg.com slash Fastline hyphen webinar. That's NorthAmericanAg.com slash Fastline hyphen webinar to register now.